want to hear a really cool, fun hack? Yeah. If you watch a YouTube video in slow motion, um, it 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 will sound like the characters are drunk, drunk. You're listening to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get deep. Ladies and gentlemen, hi. So, you know, sometimes I just like to, I know that nobody's on. I know that nobody's going to catch this until later. Uh, but sometimes I like to go live on Instagram because I don't want to forget my thoughts. It's one of the great things about having ADD. And by great, I mean craptastic. So uh, I just heard today that on Sunday, National Treasure Betty White is going to celebrate her 99th birthday. Can you believe that? This woman is almost a century old, and we must protect and cherish her so that she makes it to at least 100. Uh, but from what I understand, she's not going anywhere anytime soon. I guess the secret, when asked what the secret to longevity is, and the secret to uh, living for a long time is, she said that she runs a mile every day in the morning, runs a mile every day in the morning at 99 years old this woman is out and being that active that means there's no excuse for the rest of us well actually you know the funny thing is she said that with covid she's had to tone, tone that back so she's finding other ways of staying active but that's still really really impressive and it kind of made me think about you know no excuses and and being able to kind of go above and beyond but that's not the main reason that I wanted to uh, shoot this, the main reason I wanted to shoot this is because I got a hell of an idea and I wanted to document it so that if somebody else does this or steals this idea, uh, there's proof, evidence that I came up with it first. <laughs> Intellectual property, right? So, um, you know, I, I heard about this thing Mr. Beast is doing, okay? So Mr. Beast, if, for those of you that don't know, uh, is a very famous YouTuber. He's an internet personality. He's an influencer on a big level. And so uh, this quick episode is actually going to be about a couple of things. It's going to be about innovation. It's going to be about micro-influencing and nano-influencing. And, and um, it's going to be about the next big thing, okay? So the, what Mr. Beast is doing is he has uh, 300 restaurants popped up around the country. 300! But here's the thing. You can't go eat at them. Yeah, so you basically open whatever delivery service you have on your apps, you search for Mr. Beast Burger, and you can order from their amazing menu, and it gets delivered to you. So the idea is that you can't that you have to you have to order it on through through an app like you can't go to a restaurant and he has the infrastructure for this. It's no joke. It's called Mr. Beast Burger. Look into it. So the idea is he's using technology. It used to be about having to. Um, have you know a physical restaurant and all that stuff well he's got the infrastructure in place and he's he's partnered with the right kind of apps um you know doordash and all these that that now he can he can have this this infrastructure in place to essentially overnight it appears i'm sure this was years in the making but have a, a 
sandwich burger delivery place uh, called Mr. Beast Burger. So I thought this was really, really smart. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the way he rolled it out was really smart. And it got me thinking about what other kind of ways that that could be done. And, and this is the idea that I'm putting out there that somebody can, somebody can, I'm going to say you can use it, but you got to give me at least 5% royalties on all profits, uh, uh, net profits, by the way. Um, so I thought, how crazy would it be to have an app uh, called Beer Run? And the idea, I don't, I'm not a drinker. I don't drink, I'm sober uh, for quite a while now. And so I thought it'd be really crazy to have um, an app called Beer Run. And your mind is already going 10,000 miles an hour if you're like me and you, you know how I think. Uh, and the idea would be that you could order beers, uh, you know, if you, if you run out of beer. So this is awesome for a couple of reasons. One, it encourages drinking at home instead of going dr drinking and driving. Um, two, it in encourages people to, um, you know, not leave the house to, to social distance during this pandemic, um, which, by the way, is it's scary, the numbers of infections in the U.S. and the number of deaths recently. It's, it's I can't even repeat the numbers. It's so insanely high. Uh, so stay safe, my friends. But this idea of, of, of uh, having, being able to pull up your favorite beer of choice and, you know, ordering it and then having someone deliver it to you and you'd pay through the app so there's a really great app out there called tackle t-a-k-l if you've never heard of it it's fantastic uh it started taking off before the pandemic and i'm not sure how it's doing now thanks to the pandemic but the idea behind tackle was that if you needed a service a handyman service or you know you need somebody to hang a picture or you need somebody to mow your lawn or you need somebody to do a paint job for you or whatever you could uh pull up the tackle app and there was providers and there was customers and so all of the providers were vetted and licensed and insured and you pay through the tackle app there's no negotiating there's no worries about any of that you see recommendations through the tackle app and you just you arrange it everything's done through the app and then they show up at the time you specify so it's a good way for small businesses that that are service providers to uh, make a little money on the side when business is slow and I thought that was kind of brilliant at the time so this this beer run app idea the way that it would work in my mind uh, is that you would pull up the app and uh, maybe it would work in conjunction with a DoorDash or, or a you know my town to go whatever and um, you would order a beer through or, or, or a, you know a, a pack of beers whatever uh, or any alcoholic beverage that's available in your area and they you'd pay through the app and they would go pick it up and then when you get there there you'd have to you'd have to uh, scan your license so there's the accountability side of it you know in, in the United States you have to be 21 to drink and so serving alcohol to minors is a major major issue so to avoid that from happening the person who uh, is registered with the account would have to have their ID scan to show that they're 21 um, so that way you know it's all it's all legit and when you go to drop it off, the delivery guy would have to scan that license again to prove that you're 21 and that that's who it's being delivered to. So I, that's the idea that I had. I thought it was kind of kind of cool. I thought it was, you know, a little innovative. Um, and and you know, that's really what it's about is innovation and figuring out technology. Those who have the best community and can engage it the best are the ones who are going to be ultra successful going forward into, you know, 2021 and beyond. And I I you know on that note. You know, we hear about influencers all the time, influencer marketing. I mean, everybody heard about the disaster that was Firefest, but the, on the marketing side of it, 
it was brilliant. They paid all these influencers to just have like a square, an orange square, and it drummed up all this, what is this, you know? And and so it was all brilliant marketing with zero execution on the back end, zero delivery, so it ended up being a huge scam. I'm not talking about, I don't want that to happen, but I am saying it's a really great example of really good marketing. In fact, almost everything, propaganda is great marketing, you know? So um, influencers uh, have a lot of power. And when we think of influencers, we think of people with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, right? But what we never stop and think about is the micro and nano influencer. And what I mean by that is you can form small communities. You can form small groups that you have a lot of influence on and who have a lot of influence on you, okay? So a great example is I've, I've, I'm part of this uh, podcast group. Uh, where we promote each other's podcasts, we, we engage with each other's content, and we basically support and encourage each other and we share insider tips and tricks and things that we learn. Um, and so this podcast that I have, The Deep Gripping Reality, that started as a proof of concept and has kind of grown into something where like this, where I'm engaging with audiences in new ways and I'm you know, finding you know, different marketing tactics. And now I have clients that are coming to me saying, hey, so how do we start a podcast? What do we do? How do we promote it? All that fun stuff. You know, I, I'm able to tap into a network of people now, and by just selflessly sharing my expertise on digital marketing, I'm growing my influence, okay? And I see a lot of the things that I know are best practices because I've seen them work, and I've used them myself, and I've, I've read on them, I've studied on them, I understand the algorithms, and so I make these recommendations, and the people who see them and the people who hear them then implement it in their own way and in their own lives. And then they see, they reap the benefits, they reap the rewards, so they know that I'm not full of crap. And and that's a really, really cool thing. Not not being full of crap. I mean, obviously that's cool. But I'm saying that is a micro-influencer. If it, it's, it's guerrilla marketing at its finest, really. because it, So for those of you who aren't familiar, guerrilla marketing has a couple of rules. One, it has to be fast. It has to be cheap and expensive. Not cheap. I'm going to say cost-effective. Cheap means crappy. Um, and it has to be able to be seen at least 10 times. Well, with digital marketing and with the way that social media platforms work right now, everything is guerrilla marketing because it's fast, it's easy, it's cheap, uh, usually free in a lot of cases, and it can be seen at least 10 times. So it's it's a great example of guerrilla marketing. And so the I, I, what I'm doing is I'm building my brand. Now, when we think of brand, we tend to think of like the McDonald's arches or the uh, um, the Starbucks mermaid or, um, you know, any of those icons, the, the, the Coke bottle, you know, the Mickey Mouse head. We think of those as, uh, that's brand, right? Well, what I'm talking about as far as brand equity goes is I'm talking about building and a, a professional brand, right? That's that's where I'm going with this. That's what I'm thinking about, right? Is I'm building up um, a, a reputation of being somebody who knows their stuff. And the way that I'm doing that is not by... Um, just going out and tooting my own horn and saying, I know this, trust me, blah, blah, blah. What I'm doing is I'm giving these tips for free. And I've said this many times before, I'll say it again. The reason I suggest you give your best stuff away for free is because those who try it will be successful. The majority of people who hear it won't try it. They'll go, oh, that's a good idea. And then they'll never come back to it. But finally, and this is probably the biggest part about it, is people start to think after they try a few things that you recommend and it works, they start to think if this is what they give away for free, Imagine what I get if they pay, if, if, if I pay them, 
right? So if this is what I'm giving you for free, imagine what I give you, how much of my knowledge, how much of my experience, how much of my education, how, how much of my expertise I'm gonna give you when you actually pay me. And that's really it. If this is the teaser, what's the full cake? So that's, that's really cool. Now, from a business perspective, that's why I highly recommend that businesses give a lot of their expertise out. It establishes brand equity, it establishes expertise, and especially on LinkedIn, if you're a professional on LinkedIn, sharing your expertise and insights is insanely uh, impressive. But I think that, and, and so you're gonna see growth there. I think that the biggest growth hack of all, however, is actually just engaging, okay? So when uh, Twitter came out, today is my 10 year anniversary of being on Twitter. 10 years I've been on Twitter, today, okay? So when it first came out and I first got on it, um, I was big into zombies. So my uh, name on there, I think was um, Steve DeZombie, right? And I posted every day zombie pictures. And this is just because I was big into zombies. I thought they were cool. Um, I called myself a zombologist because I studied the plausibility of a zombie apocalypse in real life. And what was interesting to me was that just from sharing this, I get nothing out of it. I, I wasn't trying to get free stuff. I wasn't trying to advertise. I wasn't trying to build a business. But just by going through and sharing cool content about zombies, I built a following of over 2,000 people in a very short time. Now, I've evolved my Twitter account since then. Now it's for, and it's, it's evolved from whatever I was promoting at the time. So it started as Steve the Zombie and then it turned into a thing about um, the ADD magician when I was doing a lot of street magic back in the day. Look, I have ADD, so I, I'm an expert of a lot of things. But anyway, I was doing a lot of street magic and so ADD magician was the thing. And, and now it's TDGR podcast and my wife shared my Twitter for a while. So it became insanely political and, and I wasn't posting anything really political, but she was. Now she has her own Twitter, thank God. But um, it's, it's become a place to promote that. But what's interesting is you would think over 10 years after changing your Twitter handle three or four times that you'd lose your audience, right? Well, it turns out as I've grown and matured, so has my audience. I now have about 3,500 followers on Twitter. I'm not as active, but the secret to my growth wasn't just that I was posting good content. It was that I was active on the platform. And that's really what it's about is whatever platform, the grass is greener where you water it. I've been saying that a lot lately because it's true. Whatever platform you're on, that's the platinum that's going to perform. And that's the one that's going to show you growth. And so when I say you're on it, I don't just mean you share stuff. What I mean is you engage with the community. <clears throat> you offer value. You uh, consume other people's content and you provide some kind of valuable feedback, some kind of insight, some kind of thought to it. And that's how you grow organically. And these algorithms are all set up the same on social platforms. They're set up for engagement. They want to keep you on that platform. And so, and they know that when you get a like or a follow or a comment or a share, you get that little hit of dopamine. So the way to organically grow on any platform is to just engage a community, to build your community, to talk about the things you like, and people will come to you. You know, there's, there, there's no niche anymore because everybody is into something. And so if you could just find your community, that's why Reddit's so huge. That's why uh, um, Clubhouse is gonna be so huge and, and is so huge already, is because it's community engagement. It's, it's we wanna connect on a human level. That's like our, our big thing is we absolutely want to connect badly. And so that's, that's really, uh, you know, something to keep in mind. Um, if you want to grow on a certain platform, then you need to pay attention to that platform. Social media is all about being social. And then realize that you're becoming a micro-influencer. 
and then a macro influencer if you keep going, you know? Uh, Mr. Beast put out regular content for a long time, you know, has had a lot of business opportunities and made a lot of money because of it, and now he has Mr. Beast Burger, which is literally, I guarantee you, his passion isn't burgers. His passion isn't, you know, awesome food. His passion is, you know, whatever it is, but it's not that. But now that's an income source for him. And he's, he's able to tap into this huge audience that he's made. He's going to make a killing on this thing. This isn't going to be a flop. And, and he wouldn't have been able to get the infrastructure in place to build Mr. Beast Burger with 300 locations all across the United States if he didn't already have that reputation of being able to deliver. So, you know, build your brand awareness, build your ability to deliver, uh, build your reputation, and your audience will follow. They will uh, engage you. And, and you know, I, I said this the other day to a friend of mine on uh, Instagram, I think, and it was, uh, somebody had said, you know, how do you know when it's time to, to just to do it? And I said, you don't. You know, it's like uh, the quote from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Sometimes you just have to jump. It's a leap of faith. And, and the reality is while you're busy planning and strategizing, your competitors are busy executing. And if you don't want to deliver content, that's fine. Your competitors will. Period. And I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if, you, if it's not a business. I don't care if you're doing a podcast and it's just your passion. If you want to grow your audience, you have to engage that audience. You have to find out what they want you to talk about. You have to, you have to go to them and then they'll come to you. You know, and so, you know, I highly recommend I'm going to give you a free tip here. If you want to find out what people are talking about in your niche, do a hashtag search and find out what the top coming up, the most popular hashtags are, and then follow those top feeds and then comment and engage on those top those top posts that are in your hashtag that are in your genre. Right. And um, then if you want to know which, you know, hashtags to start using for yourself, figure out which platform it's appropriate for. You know, 30 hashtags isn't good on Facebook. It's fine on Instagram. It's fine on Pinterest. But three or four is uh, is arguably a bit obsessive um, on... on um, Three or four is a bit obsessive on Instagram. Uh, or I'm sorry, on, on Twitter. So you want to make sure that you're engaging with your audience uh, on the platform that they like in the way that the algorithms like. So understand the platform you want to grow on. Um, and so if you're using Instagram, for example, or if you're using uh, Pinterest, like I said, 30 hashtags is perfectly fine uh, and the algorithm loves it. So go to the website uh, best-hashtag uh, is I'm pretty sure what it is. I don't know if it's hashtag or hashtags, plural, but it's a search engine that will scour um, Instagram and scour Twitter and find out what the top hashtags are. It scours all of the platforms, but it basically would say, okay, so if I searched for digital marketing, it would tell me what all of the related ones are. It'd give me 30 of them. And then you could literally just copy that and paste it in. And so it's, it's a, that's, that's how you can figure out what your best hashtags are. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. Do, do a little bit of research, but really engage people and, and follow the 80-20 rule. Put out 80% of the content is for your audience. 20% is promotion for yourself. If you're not doing that, you're going to lose your audience. Um, and that's, that's it. That's all I got. I wanted to, to have a quick conversation about this. Um, if you missed the live post, don't worry. Uh, you might be listening to this in the future. Hi, future you. Uh, you might be listening to this in the future from an IGTV uh, video or uh, on my podcast. So, you know, I am going to say this. I'm going to, I am going to ask you, follow this. If you, if you're just now finding me, follow this and, um, and, and 
you'll get a lot of tips. I, I, I give a lot of my best stuff absolutely free. And it's, it is selfless because my podcast, I, I don't make any money on it. I've made like six bucks in a year because I, most of my podcast episodes don't have a sponsored segment. This is totally proof of, proof of concept for me. It's fun for me. I enjoy giving out my expertise um, and I love watching other people grow. So follow me. I'll follow you back. We'll engage with each other's communities and we'll really grow together. Um, or check out the podcast, please. Uh, I would love to have more listeners, and I'd love to engage with that audience too. So uh, anchor.fm slash TDGR, The Deep Gripping Reality, TDGR, or search for The Deep Gripping Reality on, on all the major platforms if you want to get more. Uh, but thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for checking it out. Hope you got a little bit out of it. Um, and until next time, dig deep, my friends.